Last summer, Kenning partner Mark Ledden started a conversation with his friend and mentor, Barry Jentz. Barry is the founder of Learning and Leadership Incorporated and author of the book, Talk Sense. Over the past 50 years, he has explored how people can become locked into simplistic black and white thinking when under stress. The way out of these moments is to cultivate a more complex mindset. As Barry explains, recognizing discrepant moments is the start of that journey. We're talking in June of 2020, and we're gonna start by talking about discrepancies, which in my mind is when things that you thought you knew turns out they're not reliable. We're three months into the COVID shutdown. We got 30 some million people without jobs. We're about one month into daily protest uh, about police violence against black people. I think one could be excused for feeling a little uncertain about one's assumptions. As I think about how I think you became interested in discrepancies, a lot of that was tied in your own experience in other times that were similarly turbulent. Is that fair to say? That's true. So how did you get interested in discrepancies? I've been very sensitive to discrepancies, particularly around race, right from the beginning. Personally, the fact of racial discrepancies was a central part of my everyday upbringing because my father was a head of a board of education in the town where I grew up, and he and his board member friends integrated the schools in 1952, two years before Brown. Essentially, every grade I went through, I was representing my father and essentially struggling with black-white issues, Catholic Protestant issues, and hillbilly white issues because we lived right on the border there of Indiana and Kentucky right down the corner of Ohio. And so it was a largely social conflict upbringing. <laughs> Yeah. Discrepancies made me live next door to a church-going family, uh, and they were racist. I loved them, and they loved me, and they took care of me. The son who had fought in World War II and came home, he taught me knife throwing, and the father taught me how to use all kinds of power equipment because he was a builder. So the discrepancy between how the people next door could be such good people and still be racist, that's mind-boggling for a young boy. What is a discrepancy in your mind? It's when there's a, a disconnect between what you expect and what happens. There's a moment that I hypothesize where in its purest form, you can't make sense of what the hell's going on. What you expect didn't occur. So there's this key moment. And the question I've been interested in is how do people respond to that moment? Why does it matter? It matters because it's the moment where it's possible to discover that under pressure, you rely on a very primitive binary mind rather than a mind that understands and appreciates the actual complexity and the complication of the world as it really exists. It's just either or. The mind that is in a discrepant moment, the mind that's coming in to help you, is a mind that has to put everything into yes or no, me or you. It's frighteningly primitive and was useful for millions of years, but it's very limited. I began to be very interested in the question of what allowed for movement? How did you move? How could you move from one stage to another? Different theorists use different stage names. But the question I got fascinated with was, regardless of how you name those stages, you're going to go from a mind that's simple to a mind that's much more capable of handling the complexity of reality. But what was it that could move you? That's where 
I started to focus on the idea of discrepant moments. I felt like in those, if we could stop and hold on, it might be possible for people to begin to realize that the mind they chose to fall back on was not the mind that was capable of actually responding to the complexity and complication of everyday life. So the mind you get for free. Actually, it's the mind you get for free that worked for millions of years. And at this point in time, it distorts reality because it has no choice but to separate whatever's in front of it into yes or no. It's a binary system. One of the big problems in my work is that people don't believe that that's a mindset that they use when they're under pressure. I was trying to teach, quote, communication skills, unquote, and realize that if you focus on behavior, you're lost because the real issue is mindset. How can you, whether you've got an hour or a week seminars, how can you get the focus on mindset? Because if the mindset doesn't change, then it's a wasted time trying to teach people communication skills because they just get applied over the top of the mindset that's primitive and don't work. And discrepancy was the point where I felt like you could get a focus on a simple mind versus a comp more complicated mind. Just to be clear, you're talking about simple mind, primitive mind. You're not talking about intelligence. No. What's no. the difference? It's not about smarts. You've talked to plenty of smart people. It sounds like it's something entirely different that comes from the recesses of somebody's primitive brain that says, if you're in danger, if you're confused, if you don't know what the hell's going on, simplify. That's right. I think that the more educated you are, the more difficult it can be to own up. I've already proved I'm smart and can be successful. How can I be so primitive? Smart people can manipulate the ideas, many of them much better than I can, but that then has very little, if nothing to do with actual behavior. One of the things that I got totally immersed in was after World War II, Douglas McGregor at MIT came out with this theory X, theory Y, and I have a long list of people who talk about the idea of in leadership terms, the mind that's unilateral versus the mind that's collaborative. I never met a person in my counseling or seminars who didn't believe that they were, so to speak, collaborative in the way they work with people. And that's really not true. I realized that there's no sense talking to people about it because it's a blind spot. That's why methodologically I kept working more and more towards videotape. If I was helping a group, I'm not helping you unless you're going to tape your sessions. <laughs> or if I'm, if I'm doing coaching, I always put somebody on tape right off the bat. Otherwise, I feel like a lot of the talk is a waste of time because most of the people I work with are so smart and they're so capable of managing ideas. But the whole issue for us is how do you discover that you're blind to doing what you think you do? In particular, when you're under pressure, when you're in a leadership role, you spend about 90% of your time under various kinds of pressure where your emotions are excited, which then kicks in the most primitive part of your mind. And you're blind to the fact that that's going on, even as you get feedback about it. Tell me about your experience having your golf swing videotaped. That was a very important moment. I joined three other people in starting the company Leadership and Learning. We decided that since we were going to go into the learning business, we should learn something together. We went and took a golf lesson, and the golf pro was way ahead of time because he had a camera, and he then showed the video. And when he showed my video, even today when I tell a story, I, 
I said, that's not my swing. And, and the guy was remarkable. And as I look back, he didn't get defensive. He said, well, swing again. And he taped me a second time. Didn't argue with me, just said, okay, swing a second time. And then replayed the second tape. And it was all I could do not to say, well, that's not my swing. You can hold a picture in your mind that's totally discrepant with reality. Certainty is something that you run into all the time. Presumably, some measure of certainty is important for a leader being decisive. But it sounds like you're saying certainty is actually potentially a, a pitfall. Very much so, yes. One of the reasons that the work that I do is so damnably difficult is because we're redefining strength and weakness. It's that basic. Most people I've had a chance to work with equate, I mean, this is not conscious. They equate strength with certainty. And then weakness would be clearly allowing yourself to be vulnerable to not being able to make sense in the moment. In terms of the mindset growth that we need, to encourage, we need a mindset that does not experience, oh my God, I can't make sense of this, is weakness. The whole endeavor is to find a way to actually experience vulnerability, a moment of uncertainty, a moment when it doesn't add up. To experience that moment, however painful, is opportunity and as a moment to be explored and used in that sense, you're redefining strength as a whole different mental activity. You're willing to stand right in the middle of confusion and not flinch. Whereas what happens at the more primitive level is you flinch. You reflexively say yes or no. Well, you sound certain, but you can be pretty damn stupid because you're not paying attention to the complex, complicated reality in front of you that created the discrepancy that led you to be uncertain and confused. One of the ways I talk about what I try to do is to redefine the experience of confusion, which is another word for can't make sense.